WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Sorry for the lack of videos recently. Just been a lot going on for both of us over the weekend, so... Not a lot going on, but we're back. We're ready to do some more videos here. And amidst all the craziness, we have a video here that will be a little less craziness for you. And that involves breaking down another free agent group that we think the Colts could potentially tap into this offseason to try and improve this group. And that is the tight end group. You know, Cody, we talked about uh, this group a bunch over the last few weeks. You know, Jack Doyle, whether you want to bring him back or not, Still a, a guy that is very limited in the passing, uh, in the pass catching department. Molly Cox, you don't know what you're going to get in him, at least not yet. And Granson, again, a young guy, still is learning. You know, it seems like this group really needs an update. Yeah, I mean, Jack Doyle might still retire, right? We don't know yet. We haven't really heard anything. It's been kind of weird on that front. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Like the tight end position, like, there's just nobody that really stands out right now from the tight end position. You know, like a lot of people thought maybe Mo Ali Cox would be the number one tight end and he showed some flashes. I feel like it's the same thing with Mo. It's like he shows flashes, but he never puts it all together. So I think it's become more and more clear. The Colts are in desperate need of a number one tight end. They're in desperate need of a guy who can just take the top off of defense. You know, they haven't had that since, I mean, honestly, since Dallas Clark, it's been that, that long since the Colts have had a legitimate threat at tight end. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys here. We're going to look at this free agent class. There's a lot of guys that I like that I think could be pretty good fits with what the Colts want to do. I think you, know, you talked about how Jack Doyle is a little bit limited in terms of receiving. I personally think uh, the Colts could go for a receiving tight end. That would be awesome in this offense. Whoever the quarterback is, that could be a big help to the whoever's under center for the Colts this year. And I'm sure we're going to dive in, talk about all these guys, because I think there's kind of similar to wide receiver, Derek, although not as deep. It still is a pretty deep and pretty good class if all these guys indeed do hit the open market. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a couple good names here, and we'll go with the first one. And it was the guy who had the best season of everyone in this entire group, and that is Dalton Schultz, uh, the tight end from Dallas. Uh, he's only going to be – he's going to be 26 coming into this next season. So just coming off of his rookie contract, but had 78 catches for over 800 yards and eight touchdowns, really saw what he was – worth in that Dallas offense, right? I mean, you had a bunch of different guys in there and nobody really ever accounted for Schultz and Schultz was able to get some great plays and did all of that for worth $730,000. Uh, that's great production from, from them. You know, Dallas will probably look to keep Schultz. Uh, they're probably going to let a couple of their wide receivers go in free agency. My guess is, is that they won't let Schultz walk free. But again, with all the money decisions they need to make going forward here, Schultz is a guy that might hit the open market here. I mean, 
I'm surprised that I would be impressed if the Colts would be able to pull this off because Schultz, I think, is a really, really good player. Yeah, for me, he's my tight end number one in free agency. Like, if he hits the open market, like, you pay that man. Like, I don't care what it takes. Um, But honestly, you say it's funny you say that I don't know if he's going to hit the open market, but then there's been rumors out that Dallas wants to bring back Michael Gallup. So now you're like, okay, somebody's going to have to walk, right? Do they trade Amari Cooper? Do they let Dalton Schultz walk? We'll see, but I think there is a realistic chance he does hit the open market. And if he does, I mean, this guy – he is, you know, the young one of the younger guys of these good free agent tight ends, right? And I think he'd clearly be your future at tight end. You don't have to band-aid that position anymore, and you're set for the next five to ten years. So, yeah, I like Dalton Schultz quite a lot, although he did have the most snaps out of any of these guys, so you kind of factor that in. Um, but also there's a lot of mouths to feed in Dallas, right? There's a lot of guys looking to get the football, and, and Dalton Schultz certainly came up big when it didn't matter. And he had the most touchdowns out of and probably any of these guys. We looked, he had eight receiving touchdowns last season. So pretty good in that department as well. And I think he's just a overall really solid player, really good receiving tight end here. So I like him here. Um, he's personally my favorite guy that I would want the Colts to potentially pursue. Uh, all right. So the next guy that we have here, I don't even know if like we'll even discuss this because most likely he retires. And even if he doesn't retire, doubt that he – even wants to come to Indianapolis, and that's Rob Gronkowski. Uh, he's right. going to be 33 years old. You know, I mean, he had a phenomenal season. He's been having some good seasons with, you know, Tom Brady and Tampa Bay over the last few years. But, again, like I said, just don't think there's much to this. 33 years old. He's not going to be around for much longer if he even is around. I just don't think that he wants to hit the open road again. And if he would play, it wouldn't be playing with – Carson Wentz or, you know, insert the blank of whoever the Colts are going to have. Right. He'd want to go play with, you know, an elite quarterback, you would think, right? He'd right. want to play with a Super Bowl contender type of quarterback. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think Indianapolis is a destination at all. Are you finally ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. The excitement of when Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on the action with your favorite teams and players from the NFL, MLB, NHL, Gold, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Right now at WinBet, you can find great promos, odds, and payouts. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now. Or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Offer subject to change. T- terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a pr- state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 And then this is the one that I know you have been talking about a lot recently. This is probably your second favorite. And it's definitely, I think it's my favorite or my second favorite potentially, and that's Mike Gusecki, tight end yes. out of Miami, uh, 26 mm-hmm. years old, uh, played in all 17 games last year, had 73 catches for 780 yards, and had two touchdowns to go along with it. I mean, it is, he was criminally underused as well. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I think about a third of, I, I think about a sixth of that production 
of his entire year came at, against the Indianapolis Colts when I think he had 100 receiving yards and had one touchdown in garbage time. So, you know, I mean, he was criminally underused uh, in Miami. They don't really have a great passing offense over there, but Mike Gusecki has really shown off his physical attributes, and he's a guy that not only can catch the ball, but he also can uh, run block very well as well. So he fits right into what this Colts mold would be. I mean, Gusecki was only was only getting paid one and a half million the previous year. Uh, I mean, I think he has proven to be probably one of the top tight ends on the market for this upcoming free agency period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he played with Jacoby Brissett for five games, if that tells you anything. And he still had over 800 yards. So, yeah, I like Mike Gesicki quite a bit. I think he'd be a perfect fit in this Frank Reich offense. You know, he's a, he's more that all-around tight end, like you talked about, that you're looking for. And um, I would love, personally love Mike Gesicki. There's a lot of guys you can hear me say I would love, just because you need to upgrade, like, drastically, I think, at tight end. And Gesicki would also, similar to Dalton Schultz, would be, you know, kind of your guy, your number one guy for the foreseeable future. So, I think, yeah, he, him and Schultz right there are one and two for me. But I could I, I could, could be convinced that Gasicki could be number one because I think he is a tremendous player as well. Absolutely. And then we go to another guy here that a lot of people were talking about last season, pairing up with Carson Wentz. He's going to hit the free agent market again this year, and that is Zach Ertz. Uh, just turned 31 just a few months ago. But this last year, even though he's a little older in age, Still shows he has it. You know, 74 receptions, 763 yards, and five touchdowns with Arizona. So, you know, he shows you he's still got some juice left in him. And, you know, he could still be a guy that even if he's only around for another two to three years, you know, you can still see some good production out of him in the middle of the field. Well, how do you feel post Zach Ertz from the year prior? How do you feel now seeing what Zach Ertz did in Arizona? I mean, I think the only situation I see Zach Ertz coming coming to Indianapolis is if the Colts keep Carson Wentz, personally. Um, just because, you know, if you're going to go for tight end, go. I get Zach Ertz is a good player, but I would rather go a couple years younger, personally. Not that he's not a good player, he is. But I think the only way it would make sense is if there's that connection with Ertz and Carson Wentz from Philadelphia. And, you know, the Colts decide to go that route. And Ertz wouldn't be, obviously, as expensive as those other two guys, and he can still be a reliable option, be your tight end for the next couple years. Um, yeah, I still think he's a really good player, though. Like, don't get me wrong. Next one, Tyler Conklin, the tight end out of Minnesota. Yeah. Played all games last year as well. 61 catches, 593 yards, three touchdowns. You know, I don't really know a lot of Tyler Conklin. You know, he's kind of been – one of those guys that have come in after the group of tight ends that we've seen in Minnesota over the last few years. And Conklin's kind of just gone under the radar because, you know, you hear about Thielen and Justin Jefferson all the time. But Conklin, you know, still getting 10 yards per reception and had three touchdowns. I mean, you know, still pretty productive and only 26 and a half years old. So still really mm-hmm. young there. Yeah. What do you think there in terms of potentially going for a guy like Conklin? You know, I've always liked Tyler Conklin. I don't know why, but I've always thought he was a good player that just was kind of like Gasicki. He was kind of underused and kind of lost in this offense. You know, you talked about you know, the Vikings have two fantastic receivers and they have, 
you know, a pretty good running back in Dalvin Cook, too. And I kind of felt like he was, you know, kind of the fourth option a lot of times in this offense for Minnesota. And so, but I thought when he was called upon, I thought he did a great job. You know, I thought he, um, like he talked about, his receiving average is always good, uh, catch yards per reception and all that stuff. So I think he he could be a potentially lower risk, potentially high reward type of guy because I think he's a good player personally. Um, and he's not going to command that, that kind of money that a lot of these guys are going to command. And I don't know. I just really feel like he's he's a solid under-the-radar signing that the Colts could make if they don't want to go you know, for the jackpot, essentially, for tight ends. Absolutely. I'm not even going to mention Jared Cook's name because – 35 yeah. years old. I know he I know he had a phenomenal year with Justin Herbert, but I mean, you know, when you look at the the offense, the way it's set up for uh the Chargers, it benefits Jared Cook a lot more than what it would be in this system. And yeah. again, he's 35 freaking years old. Okay. <laughs> I, I just don't I don't see the Colts banking on uh the success of past success of a 35-year-old tight end to lead this group. Now the next one, this one might be my tight end crush here because, I mean, I love this guy. Uh, seeing what he did in the postseason with the Bengals, and that's C.J. Uzama. I mean, mm. talk about a guy that w- came on really late and had a phenomenal season. 49 catches, 493 yards, five touchdowns, and then had a phenomenal postseason as well all the way up until – the Super Bowl. My only concern about this, Cody, is I just don't think the Bengals are going to let him go. I right. really don't think they'll let him go because this guy is absolutely beloved by this organization, absolutely beloved by this fan base. They absolutely love him. There was a video of him the other day uh, when they're getting off the the buses to come back home. He was high-fiving uh, all the fans as he was walking back to – his car to go home. You know, I mean, this this guy's a fan favorite. He loves this city. He loves this team. I just think it'd be very hard to pull Uzama out of this Bengals organization without a hefty price tag. Yeah, I mean, he it's it's, it's he's gonna stay. I'm just gonna be honest. He's gonna stay in Cincinnati. Like the feel the feeling is mutual with them with that love, the mutual love. So yeah, but yeah, if he hits you up in market, certainly. But I don't think it's gonna happen. Right, and you know, I mean. Because the Bengals think, oh, that offense is so good, right? I mean, they'll think that Uzama might be another guy that they were missing late in that season that they could have uh, afford. Again, they're going to go with the offensive linemen, but Uzama might want to say, okay, I'll take a discount this year if we can try and run it back. That might be a thing that probably will happen for him. Uh, Next guy, that is Gerald Everett, the tight end out of Seattle. Uh, 27 and a half. It's going to be 28 when uh, this season comes up. But playing 15 games, 48 catches, 478 yards, uh, four touchdowns on a year. So, you know, a guy that definitely is productive. I mean, Cody, could we see a uh, a Russell Wilson, Gerald Everett package deal coming this offseason? Oof, that would be nice. <laughs> I'll take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like Joe Everett. I wanted him last offseason, honestly. If you remember that, he was one of my guys that I really was advocating for. And the Colts just, for whatever reason, just didn't really seem interested in, in going after free agent tight ends. But I've always thought he's an underrated player that, you know, when he was with the Rams, I thought he was always underrated. You know, they had two tight ends that they kind of used a lot of times. And, you know, now with, with Seattle, you know, despite the fact that Russell Wilson wasn't ever really healthy, 
Gerald Everett was still a really good tight end. And uh, I think he's he's probably mid-tier tight end, but I think he just certainly has some upside in terms of the receiving mark. So he could be a guy that the Colts could implement in a lot of different ways in their system. So if Seattle doesn't bring him back, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm interested in him. I don't, I don't think his ceiling's quite as high as some of these other guys, but I still think he's a solid player, and he's still fairly young as well. You mentioned he's going to be like 28. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Everett, Everett never has uh, amazing stats when it comes to the tight end group. His play never dr- jumps off the screen, but he's always consistent. And, and I think that's something that the Colts are missing right now is the consistency factor in the tight end room. So that helps. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, next player here, uh, David Njoku uh, from yes. the Cleveland Browns. Yes. 26 uh, for this next season. You, you guys might remember he wanted to potentially be traded last season going into the offseason, but that never ended up happening because he kind of wanted to be that number one guy. And Njoku, this past season, played 16 games, 36 catches, 475 yards, four touchdowns. He had the same numbers as Gerald Everett on 12 less catches. So mm-hmm. Njoku – is exactly the kind of tight end that you would want in a pass-catching-oriented fashion because Njoku is that guy. He is he is always specialized in the receiving aspect of his game. And again, like I said, tw- going to be 26. You know, this guy is young. Uh, Njoku is probably going to not get a huge price tag, so this is one that you could definitely uh, bargain for. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of cool with the Colts going with Njoku. I know some people were kind of turned off by Njoku, maybe partially because of how he handled things in Cleveland. I kind of get that, but you know, I mean, it's kind of the same thing that we always said about you know some of the other positions. I mean, the, the, Njoku was the number one guy, and he was doing really well with Cleveland, and then they just brought in Austin Hooper and right. said, okay, we're gonna replace your spot with Hooper now, even though we want both of you to play. I mean, Njoku would clearly be the number one tight end with Indianapolis if you were to come here. What do you think about David Njoku here? Upside is through the roof. I'll just say that. David Njoku is a very talented tight end. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's talented. He's young. And I think the yeah, the reason he's leaving Cleveland is just because they decided to replace him for some odd reason. So, I would love this one personally. This is a lower risk. You're not going to pay a ton, but a very high reward for a guy like Ninjoku. Like, honestly, I, I think he could be, you know, the steal of free agency. I'm, I'm not, I know that sounds crazy, but like he is that type of player that I think he is that talented. If you get him in the right system, if you give him enough snaps, I, I really think that, you know, he could be, uh, a really good player in this system. A really good player. So, oh, yeah. yes, I love David Njoku. Yeah, my, my friend who's a Cleveland fan absolutely loves Njoku. I think he he's sad that Njoku's probably going to be leaving. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just how the world works in this system. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's go to another one here before I get into the wild cards that we're having here. Robert Tunyon didn't play as many games this year. Got hurt middle of the season, but he's going to be 28 for this upcoming year. And, you know, the previous, I think, what was it, 2020, had 10 touchdown catches with Green Bay. Had a phenomenal 2020 season. Obviously, 2021 season uh, came up short. But Tongan, again, in eight games that he played, 
18 catches, 204 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, you know, Tanyan is a wild card. I think that he is a guy that has really come on over the last few years. Don't know whether or not he's going to want to move on. Maybe he waits another year to get his market up again. But then again, I mean, you know, him being hurt the way he was might impact his market a little bit. I don't think he's quite recognized as that elite level tight end group that some people are looking at. But this guy could be uh, tier two when you're looking at the potential upside of a guy like Tanya. The question for me for Tanya, first off, the injury, obviously, it's got to be the first one. But second off, you know, is he a product of Aaron Rodgers? I think that's going to be the big question that you ask yourself. I mean, with any of these, you know, tight ends or receivers that are playing with these elite quarterbacks, right? Like, is it a product of the system or is he just that talented of a player? I don't know where I stand on Tanyan right now, personally. You know, I I could see both sides of it. Um, But yeah, I mean... You talked about his 2020 season. It was a really good season. You had over nearly 600 yards, 11 receiving touchdowns. So that's nothing to just turn away from, right? I mean, he he's a guy that uh, is a really good player, you know, in the right system and with the right quarterback. But is it is it more than that? Is he more than just a system? I don't know, man. I don't know for Tanya. I, I think he's a good player, certainly. I just don't know if he's worth investing in. You know what I mean? Like, without an Aaron Rodgers, basically. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Right. Yeah, yeah. I I feel you on that. Uh, Let's go into – let's kind of talk here for – we kind of talked about the big names. Let's kind of talk now about some wild cards. Uh, Here's what we'll do, Cody. I'll kind of name one. If there's another person on this list that you think could be a wild card, you let me know. We'll kind of just go back and forth on this until we get – until we run out of names that we think are – Improving. Right. Uh, I just got to say, if you say Eric Ebron, I'm going to leave. I was just about right to now. say, I was going to throw that name in there just at the I end knew you just would. to kind of mess with you, but darn it. I knew you me. would. All right. I got you. All right. Um, <laughs> let's try this one. Evan Ingram, former first rounder, was drafted uh, a few years ago by the New York Giants. Needless to say, his career did not start off the way that we kind of wished it did, right? Rookie season, had a phenomenal rookie season, got hurt, and then Daniel Jones gets drafted, right? And then his numbers just plummeted. Now, granted, Evan Ingram did come into a case of the drops. That was also the thing. But then again, when we're looking at it the way that the offense was running, I I mean – you're going to look at any of the offense that the New York Giants have ran over the last two seasons. I'm just telling you right now, it is clear to say that Evan Ingram needs a new place to go. Because this uh-huh. guy's definitely got the athletic ability to be able to do things. That offense was atrocious. Even even in that off that offense last year, 46 catches for 408 yards and three touchdowns. Even with that offense, that was tr- atrocious. And, you know, Evan Ingram, he's not going to get big bank. 
He's not. Right. I mean, again, this is a – it's a kind of thing like do you take the chance on the wild card, right? Because we're kind of already banking on that with the group that we do have. But then again, I just think the upside with an Evan Ingram, we saw it in his rookie season. This guy can play. It's just do you think that putting him in your system allows him to become that same guy that he was when he got drafted? The only thing else I would be concerned about is the durability. I mean – you kind of look at his 2018 and 2019. He missed multiple games. He played in 19 total games in two seasons there. Now, I will give him credit. You know, in 2020, he played in all 16 games. In 2021, he played in 15 games. So I think maybe you have to kind of have the caveat and you got to kind of realize and come to grips with probably going to have Evan Ingram miss a game or two. Like, it's just odds are he's probably not going to be there for all 17 games. Right. You know, I think that that's just what history has shown you to this point. That's kind of been what, one of his knocks as well. It's just been the injury history. But, I mean, yeah, if you're willing to take a very low-risk thing for Evan Ingram, I think the potential is there. Like, you're right. Like, the potential is there for Evan Ingram if he gets in the right system, if he plays with the right quarterback. I think he can. Um, you know, you talk about the drops. So that's the thing that scares me is the drops because – We've already we experienced that in side in position, right? Yes. With their, with your Gibron, you know, and so, you know, is it a chronic? Is he a chronic drop guy, you know, or is it just more of a mental thing? Yeah, I don't know what the answer is there, but I've seen way too long, Derek, in the last decade, too many receivers and too many tight ends on this team that just drop what easy passes, you know. And that would be my biggest concern is just like, I'm so tired of that. I'm, re- I'm ready to have some guys who you know you can trust at tight end. He's more of a project to me than a lot of these other guys. I'd personally rather go with a guy that's a little bit more proven at tight end because you already have had projects in Mo. You already have a project in Kylan Granson. I want to get a guy, man. I want to get a true number one guy. Right. And I don't think Evan Ingram's it personally. I got you. You got anyone here on this list that you think will – be important. Oh, gotcha. Um, okay. Um, I mean, okay. So if we're going basically off of that, how about OJ Howard? I'll just throw that name out there as well. Uh, another former high round pick, man. He's only 27 years old. You know, he hit, he's obviously buried in the depth chart right now with Gronk and, you know, with guys like Cameron Bray at Tampa Bay, but he's a still a talented guy, right? What are your thoughts on OJ Howard? Yeah, I mean, you're right. A very talented guy that's got brought uh, down because of the roster. I mean, I just think that a lot of times he just doesn't create plays as much as I thought he was when he was going to come out of college. And I just don't know how I want to handle that. You know, again, project, project, project. His body of work just hasn't quite lived up to some of it. I at least saw with an Evan Ingram – his rookie year, I at least saw what was supposed to be a, an amazing tight end career to start. But I just don't know if I can say that with OJ Howard and how it's tracked down, right? Like the stats have gone down and down and down and down. I just don't know. Like even though Ingram's has gone down and down, he's done it in a worse offense with a worse uh, offensive scheme. I just feel like that would be a little bit better for me rather than stretching for a guy like O.J. Howard, even though I like the prospect of that. Well, my question is, here's my argument. Evan Ingram got a lot more snaps, you know, than than he ever did. He got a lot more targets Yeah, you're as right. Well. He, he was, was in for double the amount of snaps. You're right. Right. So, 
I guess my question is like the Gronk effect. How much does that, you know, impact a guy yeah. like OJ Howard, where you're just buried in the depth chart and you're, you know, basically the guy you're competing against for snaps is the greatest tight end of all time, arguably. Yeah. Like, you're right. So I don't know. Um, you know, the last two years obviously have been super underwhelming, but, you know, you see when he actually got targets, he actually wasn't too bad. You know, he was averaging um, right around 16 his first two years. Um, which is pretty decent, you know, per reception. So he's just, but yeah, I think I agree with you in the sense that he is just a project guy and I'm done with project guys at this point for tight end. Mm -hmm. I'd rather get a guy that maybe isn't like, like, and people are going to say, okay, what about a guy like David Njoku? I don't think he's necessarily a project as much as an OJ Howard or as much as any of these other guys we've been looking at here. But yeah, I don't, think it's worth it personally you know yeah i just don't oh i i totally agree with you um i mean you talk about some of these other guys potentially um yeah there's a couple other names that come to mind for me just a couple okay. well first i would say um i i even i'll bring this name up i know some people will think this is crazy but i'll just bring okay. it up anyway what about jesse james uh tight end out of chicago Okay. Last season, played in 14 games. It had very limited production. I get that. But when you look at what the offense was like for Chicago, they were doing really bad, obviously. Yeah. And Jesse James, I mean, we've seen Jesse James play, and we've seen him do a lot more than what this previous year shows. I mean, he played with he played with the Steelers for a while, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna say yep. he played with he played with the the Steelers and you know had some uh, good moments at times. You know, yeah. again, he's gonna be only twenty eight going into this next year, so you know, right. young. And I think he has uh, more in him than what some people would believe. I mean, yeah, I mean, he didn't have any snaps the last year. You know, that's my thing. Yeah, he had what two hundred and sixty five snaps last season. Eight targets the whole year. Yeah, so, eight targets the whole year during that. Jeez. Yeah, I'd rather have a guy that's been a little bit more productive personally. Like even in Pittsburgh, he the most yards he had was 423 in one year. You know, other than that, he hasn't cracked 400 yards right. ever in his career. So, right. yeah, I'm not so much a Jesse James guy personally. I just don't really think he he's like, you know, I don't think he's much of an upgrade over Jack Doyle, if any. That's very true. Yeah, it's very so, true. Yeah, yeah, at that point, I, you'd be just interested in just keeping. Uh, you'd just be interested in keeping Molly Cox at that point. Uh, yeah. the production's still there. Um, right. I mean, you look at some of these other options here, though. Um, the other tight end coming out of Seattle, uh, Will Desilly. Uh, yeah, Desilly, he's going to yep. be the other guy that you know potentially is. You know, he's going to be taking – he took snaps from uh, Gerald Everett at times. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it makes me wonder, like, I think Seattle is going to choose between one of them. Uh, They'll probably go with DeSilly at the end of the day because he's going to be the cheaper option than Gerald Everett. So Mm -hmm. that's probably the route they would go. But, you know, I mean, DeSilly going to be 26. You know, 21 catches for 231 yards and a touchdown. He'd definitely be the cheaper option. Yeah, he would, but 
Yeah, I mean, you're kind of like with all these guys, it's kind of a crapshoot. You're just like, I don't really know what I'm getting. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. Ugh. Yeah, that's the sad part. We're talking about the wild cards here, but it's just like we're looking at all these, it's just like all these negative parts to their game. Yeah. And it stinks because, yeah. you know, we don't want to do that. But at the same sentence, hey, you want to go with Jimmy Graham? I mean, 36 years old Ooh. next season. <laughs> hey, hey listen, he had 14 catches for 167 yards and three touchdowns, bro, with that offense. Oh, man. <laughs> at that point, man, we'll just uh, we'll just throw you or I out there. And yeah, we'll probably exactly. Get 14 catches. I'm, I'm interested <laughs> to hear your opinion on Hayden Hurst. I doubt there's much to that, but – you know, yeah. 13 games know, like, last season, 29 going into this next season, you know, 26 catches for 221 yards, three touchdowns. Only thing that concerns me, I don't think there's a big play aspect when it comes to his game. And second, he led all tight, free agent tight ends and fumbles last season. Oh, yeah, just okay. as many fumbles as he had touchdowns. So, you know, yeah. we already mm. had a lot of tight ends that are – or that don't take care of the football. I think I I'd prefer to, you know, have somebody that takes care of the football a little more. See, I can I can only handle so many Jack Doyle fumbles. Yeah, I know, in, right? In my Jeez. lifetime. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, probably not. Okay, here's a name though that is kind of intriguing: Durham Smythe, uh, Miami tight end as well. Uh, I know him well from Notre Dame. I think he he's a physical freak, man. Um. I like Durham Smythe. He's only 26 and a half years old, maybe 27 by the time the season rolls around. Uh, obviously playing second fiddle to Mike Gesicki for a long time. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't hate it. Does get over 10 yards a catch. I try yeah. to look for that. I'm trying to look at that being the key factor here and how I kind of look at some of these guys like, you know, you're looking at the number of yards per catch and that kind of a lot of times will tell you the kind of tight end that you're getting. I mean, of the free yep. agent guys, of the free agent guys that lead all of this in uh, in receiving yards after uh, the catch, ironically enough, the top five guys in yards per catch, Dominique Daphne, from Green Bay, who had to step in for Tanyan. Uh, Rob Gronkowski with 14 and a half. Daphne had 17 per uh, catch, uh, but he only had two catches all year. So that's, that's like, you know, that might be a little misconstrued. Molly uh -huh. Cox, ironically, is third on this list with 13 and a half. Uh, David Njoku is fourth with the same there thing. And Ross Dwelly, uh, the tight end out of San Francisco, uh, had 12 at 0.8. So, you know, gives me, again, all the reason I love David Njoku out of this option because, you know, getting the same amount of yards per catch as Moali Cox. And and he showed, even with uh, Austin Hooper being the guy, you know, Njoku still, you know, had maybe just – he only had 60 more snaps than Moali Cox but had 12 more catches and had over 150 more yards. So, you know, it goes to show you, like, David Njoku, man, he's productive in the snaps that he gets. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going back on the David Njoku thing. If the Colts don't get Gusecki or um, or Tanyan or Everett or one of those guys in there, or even a Schultz or Ertz or something, I I'm throwing the, all the chips in on Njoku. I'll be honest. I I'm, I'm mm -hmm. kind of okay with Njoku. And you know what? 
if you if you don't think that Moali Cox is going to cost you that much, if you want to re-sign him and he doesn't want to go get paid, uh, if he doesn't, you know, get an offer of six plus million dollars a year to go somewhere else, you can get Njoku and Moali Cox. Keep them both. That's exactly mm-hmm. that's great for your tight end room. I'm gonna say like the the physical like freakiness of your tight end room goes up tremendously if you do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they, they would complement each other very well because Njoku's a very great receiving guy. And obviously Mo Ali Cox is more a really, really good run blocking guy. So yeah, I mean I th- I could see a scenario where that that happens, you know, honestly. Uh and I would not hate it at at all. So yeah, Njoku's a guy I would love. I would love to have David Njoku, and he's not gonna cost as much. So hopefully NFL teams don't see that and the Colts can get him for a lot cheaper than the other tight ends if they do go that route. Uh, Is there anybody else on this list that you can think of that we need to cover? And I think we covered practically everyone here. I was going to say, I was looking and I was like, I don't recognize half these names down here. (laughs) So probably not. (laughs) Well, I'll just say this for the comment section. If we miss somebody in this group that – we should have covered. You'd be sure to let us know. Maybe we can make a video on it as well. But I think that's going to do it for this one, guys. I mean, we practically, I, I think we talked a lot more about this tight end group than what we originally thought about coming into this video. So mm-hmm. that's good. It means uh, there's some options out there. And like we said, I, I think this is a group that the Colts could definitely uh, look to upgrade in, and it wouldn't break the bank on a couple of these guys. But yeah. like you said, tight ends. A very underappreciated position in the NFL nowadays. Uh, some of the best teams in the NFL have great tight ends. Uh, I mean, before this year, I would have argued that the tight end position was the most important position on the offense besides quarterback for uh, a team uh, skill-wise uh, because, you know, you're looking at some of the Super Bowl champs over the last few years, even teams who have made it to the Super Bowl – have had great tight ends in this league. And I think it's important that you have that as a passing option. Uh, thank you guys again so much for the continued support. Let us know your thoughts in the comments from Cody and myself. Thank you very much. And as always, go Colts.